Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor, where you'll discover the stories behind the movers and shakers in the entertainment and business world. Now here's your host, Jordan Baylor. Creativity is defined as the ability to develop and express ourselves and our ideas in new ways. Michael Blythe. Creativity is going beyond the usual, stepping outside the box. It can be defined in many ways, such as how a person explores ideas or uses different ways to solve issues and how one's life impacts or affects the way they think and process. But where does creativity come from? And would you define yourself as creative? I personally feel that creativity can be found in any part of your life if you allow it. There's the artist who has the sold out gallery show or the guy that can fold pizza boxes at record breaking speeds. They both are creative. They've both found a way to hack that part of themselves and bring forth their personality. For this week going forward, I'd like to issue you a personal challenge. And in this challenge, I want you to call yourself creative. I want you to define yourself as a creative person who solves their problems with creativity. Then I want you to tackle the big problems, the ones that are nagging you. These could be something like business-related or life-related. And with that renewed creative mindset, work to resolve the problems that are holding you back. Send me your results to my email, imjordanbaylor at gmail.com. No spam, please, because I get enough of that crap. I sign up for too many newsletters. As is, please do not add me to your newsletter. This week's episode, I spoke with published author Nir Bashan, consultant and creativity guru. We discussed the art and business of creativity, and we deep dived on the topics of ego, resting on the fruits of your labor, and renewing yourself through failure. I find the more people I talk with, the more I learn that people learn from their failures and not from their success. It's weird, but it's true. Like people tend to, like when they fall short, they tend to go back to the drawing board and really dissect why rather than like when something hits, understanding why it hit. They don't really understand why they hit. They just understand why they fell short. It is my pleasure to bring to you my interview with Nir Bashan. Hi, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. I have on the line author of the upcoming book, The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. It publishes August 4th, 2020, so make sure to grab a pre-sale copy. He is a keynote speaker, an Emmy-nominated entrepreneur whose focus is on creativity and how to unleash it in your life. <laughs> he is loving this praise. Welcome to the show, Nir Bashan. Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, uh, man, thank you for uh, joining me. Um, so I like to start off every interview and just ask, who is Nir Bashan? Oh, that's, you're, you're starting deep. Yeah. You want to you wanna get in? Let's go um, there. <laughs> yeah, you want to go there. Yeah. So uh, I am a consultant and a speaker, um, a creativity uh, guru, if you will. Um, I believe that, you know, we can do a lot better looking at the world as it can be, not as it is. And we've spent way too much time 
analytically viewing everything. And the more that we can start viewing things with creativity, the more that we could start solving important problems. So you, you, you say we should view it more, um, I guess, with metrics that can't be measured, like the human spirit, the human heart, things like that. Because sometimes you hear like in sports, like everything is so, like you said, so data and analytical, you know, they can break a athlete down to numbers. But at the end of the day, they don't know that person's drive. They don't know his struggle, heart, what drives him or her out of bed to get up and go accomplish something. So those are numbers that can't be, those are metrics can't be measured. So is that really kind of your lane? Like you, 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 you want to move more towards like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jordan. I mean, like you're, you're on to something really important, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we love data and, and it's in sports, especially we can use that as, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, everything these days on any of the leagues, like, you know, NBA, uh, major league baseball, whatever, is quantified down to like, you know, an amazing level of quantification. You mm-hmm. can measure a person's swing. You can measure the speed of the swing. You can measure the pitch of the swing. You can measure how high the bat goes, how low the bat goes consistently. You can then assign a number that will say, you know, the bat swings in this range 82% of the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 4% of the time it will go and so on and so forth. But what you can't measure is perhaps what I argue is more important, right? And it's those soft skills, right? It's the it's the drive, it's the aspiration, it's the um, the love of the game and the love of doing what you're good at. And for me, those are all creative constructs, right? So the mind is really div- um, split into two sort of hemispheres one deals with creativity the other deals with analytics and we have sort of beefed up the analytical side so well for so long because we are able to express that side in numbers right how do i assign a number to you know how into this podcast jordan baylor is you know what i mean it's hard like i don't know is it a one out of 10? Is it a one out of a hundred? Is it a, you know, ratio like in baseball that a point nine hundred? you know, how do we do it? Yeah. It, the truth is that you can't. And the truth is that, you know, because you can't, people stay away from it because you can't measure it. But what I argue and have been arguing for 20 years now is that we're leaving a whole lot of great stuff on the table and we're constantly wondering why we can't get where we need to go. Why, you know, we've hired the superstar and they're not performing well. Why, you know, you can't get to the next stage in your career. Why your company's not doing, you know, as good as it should be. It looks good on paper, so why ain't it happening? And so what we have ha- what we really see is that creativity is missing from the venture and it has been traded for facts and figures which cannot give us the entire story i love that i was telling my friend the other day she's like a singer and she was talking about like um you know music and 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 um she was talking about like getting on a record label and this that and the third but all of it all of it was what had nothing to do with creativity and all of it had nothing to do with making her art or her music better. And I was like, you're waiting for people that are not creative to validate you and tell you you're good enough. And that's just the wrong mindset to have. You know, if you're a creative person, of course, 
learn to, you know, promote yourself, push yourself. But I have a question for you. How do you define creativity in business? Because I can define creativity in art, but how do the same principles apply to business? Definitely. So um, creativity in business is defined really by using the creative side of your mind to solve problems that the analytics won't enable you to solve. Stuff like you know, like we were talking about just a second ago, why I just hired somebody and I paid them a lot of money. And why aren't they performing in excess of what I my expectations are? Um, you know, why isn't my business doing as, as well as it should? All my friends were like, I'll buy that product or service. I have a small startup. Why isn't it doing better? Um, and more often than not, it is because of the lack of creativity in the decision-making that enables your business to grow, to sell, to expand, to do better in a certain market or, or in a business-to-business type relationship. So for me, creativity in business is really the missing link between what, where you are now and where you want to go. Oh, okay. So I was reading when I was like doing research on your book that you had spent the last two decades working on the formula to codify creativity. Is this what your magnum opus is? Is this like, yeah. <laughs> is this it? Is, totally. is it? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, I feel good about this book. It's called The Creator Mindset. And I wrote it because there was nothing else like it on the market. So, you know, t- 10, 20, 10, 15 years ago, I started looking for a book that would help me become creative. And there's none out there. Everything on the market right now in terms of creativity and business is why you should be creative, right? There's Mm. a lot of why. Um, You should be creative because it's great. You should be creative because it's wonderful. You should be creative because it's lovely. But there was nothing about the how. It's like, okay, cool. I got it. Now, how do I do it? Um, Yeah. So I said, it's just so frustrating. Totally. So it's like a manual, man. You open it, you can highlight it, you can, you know, kind of love it a little bit you can it's just it's a guide on how to become more creative at work and i wrote it because there's nothing else like it in the market and i wanted to give people that ability to become creative i've been you know i've i've had my own businesses and i've worked at other people's businesses and i sort of been putting together a process over a long long time of how to manufacture creativity it ain't sitting around and just getting hit by a, a, a lightning bolt and going, yeah, I've got an idea. Woo-hoo! You know, um, it's about doing it, man. It's more about perspiration than inspiration. Um, I don't even believe in inspiration, honestly. It's really something that you need to do. Like, you know, we all wonder like why we're not super fit and, you know, why we don't have a rocking beach body or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's because you're not going to the gym. It's like we understand that we need to like do certain things in order to like look better, right? And and have that six pack and be able, right? But we yeah. don't understand like creativity. <laughs> nah, it's nah. just gonna hit. I'm gonna look great, you know. I'm gonna lose fifteen, twenty pounds, and you know have a rocking beach bod. But you don't. Everyone knows you don't. You got to work at it, right? You got to got to put in a routine. You got to watch your calories. You got to watch what you're eating. You got to put in like a program every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're swimming laps every Tuesday, Thursday, it's free weights every, you know what I'm saying? It's, there's a yeah. plan, but, um, for creativity until like now, nobody's come up with a plan. And 
I have put together a plan for people so they can say, you know what, I, I really want to be creative. How do I do it? Not the why. I mean, there's a little bit of why in my book, like why you should be creative. It's like 15 pages, honestly. And then it's, it's 92 hows. Um, and, you know, I'm very excited about it. I really can't wait to see people in business um, across the globe, you know, from manufacturing to, you know, pharma pharmaceutical, medicine, whatever. I, I want to see people excited about creativity uh, because I think it'll solve problems that are persistent. I am really excited to, you know, read this because I want to see how I could take some of the principles applied to my business as well as my creative career and see if some of the principles are pretty much the same, you know. But my question to you is why this book now at this time, like, why do you feel, you know, you have something to say in the marketplace? I mean, you have an illustrious career of 20 plus years in the game. But like, why is it just now you're publishing this book? Like, shouldn't you have published it five years ago? Or did you not feel like you had all the tools in place to give, you know, why now? So I've been working on the book for seven years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's no joke. Listen, writing a book is no joke. And it's something that takes a huge amount of time um, and a commitment of, you know, pretty heavy dedication to get done. And so, you know, I am not an academic. Um, you know, I've taught at school before, but I mean, I'm out there hustling right now. I'm working, um, you know, between speaking gigs and doing online webinars and going out to help consult with different companies and do that sort of work. I wrote the book around that. It's not like I have a class every Tuesday and every Thursday and, you know, I've got Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays open to write, um, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, if people have that, that's wonderful. A lot of books in the business space are written by academics because they have the time and it makes sense. Um, but I'm not, you know, this is something that, you know, I wrote from being in the business, working across all kinds of different fields. And um, that's why it came out now. That's why it's taken so long. Um, I'm kind of surprised nobody beat me to the punch and nobody came out with either a book or a program or something like that to teach creativity. Uh, but I sure am glad that, that nobody beat me to it and really excited about the potential of the book. I, I, I am excited to uh, read it as well. Um, what is your advice to people? There, there's so many people going through a lot of career changes and they have they're finding their creativity at home, you know, <laughs> dabbling in old art they used to do. Like, oh, I used to like to paint. I forgot that. You know, like people are yeah. tapping into their creativity again. And I, I don't think like COVID is just all bad. You know, I think a lot of people are are having good times with their families, you know, connecting with their children who, you know, they've been working too much. So how can someone use creativity to like if they're going into new job space and reinvent their career, like what can they do? So it's, it's a very good question, Jordan. Um, creativity is a tool that enables you to deal with change and change is one of those things that's imminent. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and we've seen some businesses do really well uh, adjusting to creativity and using creativity to adjust to COVID. And then we've seen some businesses do really bad. And so I think people can get inspired that in a time like we are in today, it is, there's no better time for coming up with creative ideas and a creative manifestation of what it is that you want to do. I think that 
change brings out a lot of fear in people and people are always afraid to change um, because it's what they're used to. And it really goes back to, you know, our ancient caveman and woman days where we, you know, found a water source and, you know, um, it, it didn't have poop in it. So we were like... <laughs> I could drink that. Yeah. I could drink that. And so yeah. you sit around because, you know, you didn't die from drinking that water. And so we are very adverse to change uh, because it's it deeply ingrained in us from, you know, 50, 60, 100,000 years ago. And today, you know, we're like we're switching careers or we got to get on a, a Zoom meeting or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, but we're used to go to meeting and we yeah. like freak out. We freak out like, yeah. Oh, it's that same it's that same fear that you know we used to have when we were worried about the water poisoning us we feel that today when we're changing careers or or you know covid comes up and and we're doing you know a shift so i, I don't know p part of part of it is kind of letting go you know jordan it's really about your audience thinking okay cool i want to be creative at work how do i do it one thing that i would recommend people do today just let it go a little bit man just let it go like everybody's so you know passionate about controlling their little piece and oh i gotta i gotta control this you know i'm the one who sent those emails it's like okay you know but but at the end of the day i think letting go and just understanding that some of these forces that act on us have been ingrained in our dna for tens of thousands of years and understanding that our impulse to try to control things comes from those ancient days um should allow you a bit of freedom to explore and freedom to fail and freedom to make mistakes and that's what creativity is all about I love that. You're kind of telling people to like step, take a step back from your ego. And, totally. And totally. And just like leave your ego at the door and just let your, let, just be free. Yes, sir. You know? The more I was reading into your book, it kind of reminded me like I, I was reading another book. I'm like halfway through uh, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Oh, and, cool. a and a large majority of that book was talking about using the energy uh, and the power and believing in the inner self to grab hold and uh, mind the ideas within. Um, my question is, how did you learn to tap into your creativity? Was it meditation? Is it uh, like communicating with the subconscious mind? Like what, 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 what type of tactics were you using? And then being like, oh, I've got something. So I believe that creativity is a something that we're all born with. And it's that little voice that tells you what you need to do. It's that gut that tells you what to do that we all don't listen to. So um you know, tragically, I think. Um, so I feel like creativity has been with us since we were born. And I've got some really good research in a book that actually shows that uh, children, uh, babies even, are more born creative um, before they learn, you know, even language tools and stuff like that. So um, that creativity kind of starts with us from a very, very young age. And we fail to listen to what it's telling us. So for me, it's not about meditation. If you do that, that's fantastic. It's not about aligning your chakras. If you do that, that's great. It's not about, you know, the seven tones of Solomon and, you know, humming in the morning and walking in a circle four times and, you know, tapping your head and rubbing your belly. If you want to do that, that's fantastic. For me, this is really about understanding that our mind and our 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 
subconscious is constantly coming up with ideas and we're constantly squashing it down. And some of those ideas you need to listen to and some of those ideas you need to develop because they will help you at work, whether you're an employee or whether you're a business owner, and they will enable you to come up with a bunch of really great solutions that were never there before because we've spent so much time squashing it down and churning up the volume on the analytics, we've kind of forgotten about it and we end up miserable, right? We end up in a job that sucks. We end up with, you know, a life that, you know, we don't enjoy and, and it's really a shame. Um, I work with, with people, you know, professionals in their career, Jordan, and they, it's fascinating. I asked just a few questions and people start to really get excited about what it is and that they do and who they are. So for instance, there's probably a really good reason that you're doing this podcast, Jordan, probably a really good reason. It's probably, you know, maybe something from your childhood or something that you always wanted to do. And if you were to really think about what it is that you're doing today and understand sort of the creative guide, I'm not saying lose the analytics, the analytics are necessary. Bills have to get paid, right? Mm -hmm. And you yeah. can't pay bills with, so you, you want that component, but you want to add to it the creativity um, because that will enrich your career and it will provide guidance as to where you need to go. I love that you talked about, you know, babies are tapped into the creative side and then how we squash down that creative side, the older we get. And I think like the reason why a lot of people, I was actually having this conversation last night, is a reason why a lot of people like love nostalgia or their childhood was because they were more tapped into who they really wanted to be or who they were than they are today because society kind of like teaches you to like be quiet you know that's crazy don't don't do that you know like it's yeah totally. always telling you no like it's always just why do you want that like people question you it could be people in your circle or just society as a whole so i like that you're pushing people more to ask them do like more self-inquiry um, were you always like that? You know, um, yeah, I mean, I was always, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say that, um, I've always straddled <laughs> between kind of the business mind and the creative mind. Um, you know, I started my first business when I was nine years old in Los Angeles, going door to door, washing cars. Right. And, you know, I learned that People didn't buy a lot of car washes from a couple of nine-year-olds that look like punks, you know? They, <laughs> um, dude, in L.A., come on, like giving your keys to a nine-year-old, that's like inviting someone to steal your car. So yeah. they, they would – so people would like either one, they take pity on us, right? They'd be mm -hmm. like, really? We're your parents. Or they'd be – you know, they'd say, okay, you know, the trash needs to get taken out. Oh, and clean the trash bin. You know, those nasty, like, city Ugh. trash can yeah. uh, scrub. Dude, they, they were bigger than me. And I, like, I would, you know, <laughs> lean over and scrub the thing. And, you know, so anything, you know, anything people needed, we got done. And, and now, you know, I've run companies and I've learned that those little jobs that you did um, are incredibly valuable to a customer. And they don't line up perfectly with your statement of work, right? They're not in your master services agreement, but that's okay because that's what the client wants. And a lifetime of learning that kind of stuff has really put me in good shape. Um, I've spent a lot of time in the art, in creativity. I remember working on a ton of albums. Um, I started out working mainly in hip hop. 
um, and then works in reggae a bit. And I remember some. What you were know, you doing? Uh, in, uh, like a audio engineer. Audio oh, engineer. okay. You're engineering. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did live shows and recording. I worked with a recording truck called Le Mobile, which is a French company that you know did a bunch of live recordings um, all over California, all over Los Angeles, and all over the the country, really. And I learned that some of my, you know, some some of the famous sort of hip hop and reggae artists and you know, pop and, and rock, they were disciplined, dude, they didn't wait around for like inspiration. They wrote things down and I, these are some, this is what I took from that. And I put it in the book. Right. I, I, and I saw, I saw musicians that were not serious, you know, that did a lot of drugs and alcohol. And those were the people that didn't have a process and they didn't have a sort of way to write down and to access creativity. Um, and those are the people, you know, you hear about on the news and, you know, the one hit wonders and stuff like that. Mm. There is a reason why people are successful time and time again. And there's a reason why they've kind of fizzled out and, you know, are unable to keep moving. And then Dude, that's another thing I borrowed. Keep borrowing from all these different fields. Then I worked, you know, I ran a furniture refinishing company, completely not creative, you know, and I learned a lot of things from business there. And I've assembled this sort of perspective over the years. So I don't know, Jordan, I would say that all in all, I am a little bit, I've been in both worlds and I'm able to recognize what works from both the creative side and from the business side. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sock Season. I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks, and man, they are comfortable. They truly are. They, they, they come in like weird, funky, cool colors. And I'm not just saying this because they paid me. I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy, and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap, or they're they're tight around the toe, or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks, and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores, and quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks. And after a few washes, they either rip, or they shrink, or I lose a pair, or I lose one of the socks. That, the, those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about Sock Season is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee, which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like, if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked. Which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So, go to www.SockSeason.com. S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com. Use coupon code OFFSTAGE for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. Do you believe there's creativity in everything? Yes. I believe that there is an innate creativity in everything that we do and it is up to us to sort of access that creativity and use it for good what is something you wish you knew at the beginning of your uh, entrepreneurial journey um i think i wish that i was a little bit more patient 
I ran through a lot of things uh, without learning. And I tried to not make mistakes, but I recommend that you make a lot of mistakes because mistakes are where growth and learning comes from. We're so busy trying to get everything right all the time, and we stop learning from getting it wrong. And I wish that I would have learned from getting it wrong more because those are the you know, core principles that I have today that really help me out. I love that. Like I, I talk about failure a lot, you know, not failing, but just, you know, it happens, you know, when you yeah, try and you fall, you fall short, it just happens. It's just part of the process. Um, what is a failure that you encountered that you feel taught you a more important lesson than if you had succeeded? Um, how long is the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like, uh, thousands of them. If I'm being honest, uh, if I had to pick one, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe it would be, you know, I, I, I did a movie a while ago about like cooking and kitchen life and stuff like that. And then I just stopped because I, I sold the movie, it did well, and I just rested upon success. It's like a, it's a tool that I have in a book called Don't Rust. It's one of the 92 tools I teach you not to use. Um, but literally, I thought I've, I've arrived. I was like, I'm done. I got a, a movie out with Universal. It feels good. You know, this is going to be great. I'm going to be, you know, super wealthy and I don't have to work ever again. And literally, that's what I did. And I deeply regret not developing it with auxiliary activities. Um, you know, follow-ups and little snippets and online presence and all these different things you need to do to support that type of collateral. Um, I did nothing. And, you know, I, I, I learned a lot from it because now when, when I put something together and I have an effort, I support it. Uh, when I do, you know, keynotes, I release little videos to the, um, to the audience. Hey, this is going to be a great keynote. We're going to cover this item. Email me and let me know if you have something that you want me to cover. You know, people email, they go, Oh, near, can you cover this? And you know, so on and so forth. So you learn from making bad mistakes, how to create a world that insulates you from having to go there again. And that insulation is creativity and, and in it is incredible potential. It really speaks to the heart of the matter because it resonates with somebody's uh, emotion and it enables you to tap into what people are feeling so that they end up supporting your product or service. I like, I really can relate and admire that you were able to make those tweaks, you know, because you were saying that you, with your film, um, you said the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. The kitchen. Um, that you like released it and then you had all this momentum and then you stopped and then eventually the, the rock stopped. Literally. But you learned from it and you don't, you no longer do that. So I, I love that you learn from it. Um, that I, I, I can, I can relate to that like a lot because this is yeah. sometimes stuff that I've done, you know, like I'll, I'll make it, I'm like, I'm done. And no yeah. longer need it, you know, like, especially totally. as, as creatives, you know, like when you make a film or something, the hardest part is making the film. Then the hardest part is editing the film and getting it done. And then the hardest part is like getting people to see the finished product. So it's like, it's just each part is the hardest part, especially with filmmaking. It really never ends. And and it's not it's not just with the creative field, it's everything, man. You know, you put a product uh, or a particular service out in the marketplace. You know, I consulted with um with a uh, um disaster restoration company. You know that they come in when there's a fire in the kitchen or whatever or or a commercial 
anything yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, a flood or something. Right, exactly. Um, and they they rested upon success, dude. They were done. They were like, we sent out proposals. Um, you know, we we closed whatever twenty one percent of the proposals. I'm like, are you happy with that? They're like, that's industry standard. I'm like, are you happy with industry standard? They're like. No, absolutely not. Like, we want to sell more. I'm like, okay, it's time to revisit. They're like, why would we revisit? We haven't done proposals in a different way for 15 years. I'm like, oh, my God. Now it's time to revisit. Now, especially now. So, you know, I sat down with with the leadership there, and I helped them kind of reformat the paper and, and sort of use all these creative tools to get more business. And, and, you know, it ended up that they were able to close more sales. They um, were able to sort of write a story on a proposal. It looked like a contract that nobody read, nobody read. And now people read, it's like two paragraphs. It's like Mary had a fire in her kitchen, you know, stuff like that. And people are like, Oh, cool. What what happened to Mary? And, you know, they were reading (laughs) and it was interesting and and it, it led to more sales. So a lot of the creative principles that I have are really geared towards enterprise and making people money, uh, profits, and and giving them the ability to do whatever they want with that money once they make it. So you basically, as a consultant, you kind of help people figure out how to dig deeper, get more meat off of the bone, and and, and look at what they're currently doing. Is that like a peer assessment or what? Yes, Jordan. The, the Yes, for sure. The profit and loss statement won't show you that. The quarterly report won't show you that. You know, you got to get in the field. You got to talk to the customers. You got to see what they're doing. You got to see how your products are being consumed. Um, you know, this particular company, the, the leadership had not gone out to the field in 15 years. They were like, we have you know, 2,500 employees, we're doing all right. You know, if things are, are working, I'm like, yeah, but for how long, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and how well are you guys like super happy with everything? They're like, absolutely not. We need to do better, but we've maximized the analytical, um, you know, addressing the analytical processing of what's going on. We've maximized it. We've gotten the profits down. We've lowered salaries to get, you know, a little bit more profit at the end of the day. And we're still, you know, six, 7% profitable. I'm like, are you guys happy with that? Absolutely not. Cool. Time to use a different part of the mind to look at these problems. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Those are all the soft skills. Those are all the drive. Those are all like, why are we paying these guys so little? And why don't we get rid of the people who suck? Because there's people that suck everywhere. Why don't we get rid of those people and pay the good people a little bit more and then give them partial ownership, um, give them, you know, some profit uh, potential, give them bonuses, so on and so forth. Motivate the workforce that's already lifting us and get rid of the garbage, you know, sort of the the hanger honors. Figure out a way to maximize that impact for um, different uh, types of uh, of customers. Broaden the base. Find out what the competition is doing. All of these are creative principles. You know, nowhere on an Excel sheet does it tell you this. Nowhere. Yet we're so in love with that modality of thinking that we don't allow ourselves, even just for a minute, to go to the creative side where there's a wealth of opportunity to solve problems. And I, I am. I am in love with that. Yeah, I, really am. I am. I am in love with that. Um, if someone wants to replicate a career like yours, what, like, what do they need to do? I would say don't. 
<laughs> too many uh too many failures <laughs> no i you know um if people are really interested in this and and want to kind of get uh into a vocation of pro- of problem solving creatively i would highly recommend you know you get out there and do um i don't i wouldn't say get an mba i wouldn't say go to school um i would say finish a degree in something because dude i've hired you know thousands of people and if people went to the military that's cool if people went to college that's cool but they have to graduate with something dude i don't care what it is even if it's an aa you have to finish what you start because if you go to an employer and you go hey man hire me i'm going to be great and you don't even have an aa or you didn't finish high school i'm not going to hire you because i don't what why high school you couldn't finish high school dude seriously like i mean it's not you know so for me it's really about finishing things and then getting out there and doing it's all about doing and i would hire somebody who's had you know five failed companies and you know hopped around from this company to that company and all that stuff if they're good people then i'm all over it so for me it's really all about experience and getting out there and seeing how things go, seeing what the market does, seeing what people, how people reply to your particular brand of, of, uh, you know, professionalism and, you know, kind of working your way up to understanding, Hey, here's the creative side and here's the analytical side and finding a way to marry those, I think would be a way that somebody can follow in the path that, that I've been on. I, I can agree with that. You know, you get more experience by finishing projects, even if you don't like the end result. You Correct. finished it and you're done. You didn't just walk away mid mid project. Correct. And um, one thing I like to touch on uh, finishing things is it gives you a lot of um, a boost in your confidence. Yes. It lets you. It lets you. It tells yourself that you know I follow through. I finish things. You know, I'm I'm of value. So uh, this last question: How can uh, the people get in touch with you? So I'm online. There's not many near Bashans in the world. I think there's like three of us. So three of you. (laughs) Yeah. You have to kill the other two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, (laughs) He's just kidding, everyone. He's kidding. I'm just kidding. He's just kidding. (laughs) Um, You're going to start getting emails. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, so it's nearbashan.com, my name, N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, you know, um, Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, if any of this sounds good, I'd love to hear from you. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to list his um, book in the show notes as well as his uh, social media. So if you uh, are inspired by the show, reach out to Nir and uh, let him know what you're working on and, and network. You know, don't go in his DMs bugging him, you know, yeah. let, him know, let him know a piece of information that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, uh, right. All right. Um, it has been another great episode of Offstage with Jordan Bailey. I'd like to thank you again for your time, Nir. I learned a lot about the creative aspects of my mind, and I hope others were listening. And go get a copy of his new book. Plug the book one more time for me, Nir. It's called The Creator Mindset. 
and it's on Amazon right now and Barnes and Noble and Indie Bound. So you can get it at an independent bookstore if you don't like those bookstores. Uh, it's being re- released worldwide on August 4th, but you can get a copy now, uh, pre-sale copy. And yeah, it's being translated into two languages. It's very exciting. I, I really, I don't know. I just hope, I hope it does well. And I hope, you know, people get value out of it. That's really what what it's all about. I want people to be empowered by the book and develop an ability to solve problems creatively because I think the world will be a much, much better place if we are able to combine both sides of our minds and business. Thank you for listening to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Now go forth and create.